welcome to another the official podcast of the leaky cauldron the leaky cauldron the leaky cauldron do you hear that Ern? the leaky cauldron just go you're wasting time Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is J.K. Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Sue. Welcome everybody to Pottercast 156. 156. 156. 156. Got a lot of fun stuff for you coming this week. I'm Melissa. I'm here with only Frack and Sue because John is off doing family stuff, but he will join us for the very last Phoenix oh, ever. Stop. Oh, ever. It's over. God. Good riddance. See you later. No, Sorry. it's just we're just ready for Hapla Prince, is all. We're just ready to move on. Yeah, I love the movie. Yeah. Tired of talking exactly. about it. Okay. <laughs> Welcome for another fun week of Potter news, discussion, theories, blah, 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 blah and more. But before we do anything else, we have to hear from our friends at Audible. Like it. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash podcast today for details. Now, is it time for Sue's News? It is time for the Sue's News. Oh, my goodness. Let's see what happened this Oh, maybe some... New canon Nothing from Joe? Right? What's Nothing this? important. You think? <laughs> oh. Oh. Don't, don't spoil anybody. We got to talk about it later. Okay. Yes. We're not going to spoil him, but, but Joe Rowling donated a special card for a charity auction that was held in um, the UK last week. And um, this note card contained almost 800 words of that are of a prequel involving Harry Potter's father, James Potter, and his uh, godfather, Sirius Black. And this was set three years before the um, book series, but um, it does involve a little escapade involving the two marauders. And um, this was sold for charity. And the whole contents are now available online at waterstones.com. You can see that. And it is also going to be part of a book with, with the proceeds will also go to charity. And um, this card was one of 13 cards that were actually donated by other authors, such as like Margaret Atwood and, um, Tom Stoppard and Neil Gaiman. Yeah, Neil was really great. I mean, they're all of them and all of all this, all the cards are now online after the auction, but um, the cards sold for almost like um, $48,000 here in the United States. Almost. Wow. Which is eerily close to a prediction a certain Hufflepuff newsmaster said last week yes. on Pottercast. Yes. Mm. That's, you said, you know, I think it's going to go for like 50000 Everybody's like, oh, shoot, yeah. that's so much. Mm-hmm. Look at this. Pretty You're scary. Right. But it was just, you know, so exciting. I know it's like, it was weird printer. because, like, I think someone did like a math. It's like almost sixty-one dollars a word. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> nice. You guys were I mean, talking about that last week. Just you know, but okay, I'll, we won't spoil it. We'll talk about it later. But just saying, motorcycle. <laughs> breathe, breathe. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. Okay, we'll, t- we'll be talking about that in a special segment later. Yes, yes but um, what but else you know, is in the news? Um, Look, you know what? Can we just say though, too, that that this the the owner is uh, of a man from Tokyo, and he is he wants to try and figure out a way to continue to raise money with this cart too, which is really cool for charity as well. So I thought that was cool. And everybody, I remember everyone complained last time when Joe did the thing with the um, Beetle the Bard book, you know, and that nobody can see it, but now everybody can. So go on. We have we'll put the links in, in our show notes, and you'll be able to read it. So I, I still want to know what was on the ninety three word card. Oh, the what card? 
from 2002. In 2002, the first of this kind of like canon information teaser card that Joe put on auction was something called, it was at a Sotheby's auction and we organized a drive around it called Get a Clue. Right. It's the genesis of our charity efforts on, on Leaky. Mm-hmm. And it went to an unknown American bidder for like way more money than we had to spend on it. And I, st- I mean, We've had three books since then. We know the fate of the series. Come on. I'm putting out a call. If you are the person or know the person or have any idea who the person is that has that 93 word card, please tell us what's on it. There's this no is going to be one of those things. There's no content at all. Like, there was no. Got to ask Joe, I guess. She probably won't remember either. Yeah. You know? Or the guy at Sotheby's who will never tell. Yeah. Right. But Philip Arrington, he won't. He will not tell. Just that name alone, you know, he will not tell. But no it's no it's like one of those things like when i you know when i die i'm gonna find out who killed jfk right um who you know um who shot jr all, you know what's in area 51 and what was on the 93 word card shot jr yes yes what were those cards and those words we want to know i mean we've all have them in our hand if you own a copy of harry potter and the order of the phoenix but still just saying <laughs> you rich American, I know you're a listener of podcast. Come on. <laughs> Clearly he does, don't they all? No. <laughs> Hands it over. Get a little trinket. <laughs> okay. So okay. funny. I'm sorry. My bitter parade is over. Uh, what else is happening? Um, okay. In New York City, there was this thing called the Licensing International Expo. Now everyone's like, what is that? And that's like where vendors come and they talk about uh, like the license that you, you're going to sell and merchandise your movie or whatnot. And at this this big convention that isn't just for trade people, but um, a clever Harry Potter fan made their way in and they saw the Warner Brothers Haplet Prince display. And since it was oh. open to the public, they took a lot of pictures and we saw new photos of Drake, Snape, Ron, Harry, Tonks, Lupin. And it's pretty cool to see. Draco looks really pretty cool, I think, in this for Half Love. Yeah, you he's know? looking, yeah, know. looking pretty fly in this movie. Yeah, he did. I think so. I think so. You know, he looks like some, like more of the image of Draco that I envisioned when I was reading the books. You know, I mean, and like, I don't know, the dark suit where like his face is the only light thing on his entire body. Yeah, exactly right. Is the contrast is much more evident in this? It just looks more. He has that more pinched look. That more. Maybe it's, you know, but I just, I was really impressed with those photos. But, um, and then we also saw some new products that they're going to be coming out for Hapla Prince this fall. Like, um, it, one thing was kind of neat. We saw, um, the Noble Collection as makes a lot of like high end replicas and stuff. And it looked like one, they're making the, uh, pensive replica, which would be kind of, oh, that cool? oh. that's going to be a lot of money. Yeah. I, oh, God. Can you that's imagine? <laughs> one expensive item. I know. I still want that. Fun that. on your coffee table. Oh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> They make this fabulous thing. My dream is to own, like, to come up with, like, whatever, 400 ridiculous dollars for this, the thing, a replica of Hogwarts is what they have. But I was just like, oh, their stuff is so good, you know, it's so nice. That's like, okay. Life size Hogwarts? Uh, no, it's just like a small, like, chessboard size piece, but oh, it's. It was um, life size. That's a good price for $400. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think we're all going to be able to go into the life size, you know, Hogwarts when they finally build the Wizarding World in, in Orlando. But That's um, true. You know. Oh God, digress. Um, <laughs> um, also, and, and you know, Warner Brothers hasn't yanked us down yet, but there was a new photo of Harry and Ginny hugging. <gasps> hugging. Yeah. Let the shipping begin. Just saying. It's curious because it, it looks it looks like um, that they are in the burrow. Yes. 
And I'm curious as to why they'd be hugging like that in the burrow. Do they see each other or just hug? Because it looks like with the Weasley clock behind them. Yeah. And the other kind of glimpse of scenery you see behind them. Right. looks like the burrow kind of palette. So I'm curious. Very curious. I'm thinking they just kind of going to establish their relationship earlier on in the movie. Like give them, you know, could that be just like a welcome? Oh, Harry, you're here kind of thing. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe not. I don't know. All I know is that we have no trailer yet. I'm going to withdraw, just like everybody else. No, we don't know. Stupid trailer. (sighs) Just saying. Just come with Narnia. Hello. I know. It's it's part of their evil plan to torture us. You know. Um, We did hear one other thing about um, possibly for Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, which is kind of cool. We heard from Warwick Davis, who plays um, Flitwick. And he, he was curiously mentioning Grip Hook. And how he's looking forward to those scenes. Yeah. You know? Maybe he's going to be with Grip Hook in those scenes. Because I can't imagine. Yeah. You know, because I, I, I... Wasn't there like... This is this was a source of, of a little bit controversy. Didn't Vern Troyer play him in the first movie, right? But did... Yeah. But that's how it is. But I don't know if he'll be back for, for Deathly Hallows. But, I mean, clearly Grip Hook is going to be in the film. I mean, I just can't see them getting around that. Can you? I don't know. Um... No. Well, but so. here's the thing. They didn't call that goblin Griphook in the first movie. Oh, yeah, it was true. just somebody. That could have been any goblin. So they could just say, oh, this is Griphook mm-hmm. now. You know? Yeah. yeah. And then honestly, the goblins are so. Um, there's a lot of makeup involved, and the, the aesthetic of the movie has changed so much from the first one that even if it is a different actor, it's not going to be like, that doesn't look like him. We haven't seen a goblin since the. First movie. Yeah. 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 So. They'll just set up that th- th- this is Grip Hook. And then, you know, they called him Grip Hook, but it really was just some goblin that was with them in the cart, you know? Well, he was gripping a hook, and that's what they thought that he was Grip Hook. It's like, Grip what? the hook. And he, he was like, oh, he grabbed it so it wouldn't fall over. I don't follow. He, he gripped, he <laughs> grabbed. It's, that's a, a lame hook. joke. I, I, yeah. I'm sorry. John is not here. For the lack of John. No. Yeah. <laughs> How must we fill in the, the lame without the John? Yeah. Uh, I do not know. Yeah. I tried. Okay. Anything else important? Uh, no, and just one more thing. Seems- he said, though, that um, Warwick Davis is going to be back for um, Hapla Prince, and he's, his character of Flitwick is just light relief again. Don't know if the the singing toads will be back, but he's in the movie. There you go. No, nah, I mean, I think we're sort of. <laughs> he he wasn't a big part of Deathly Hollows. No. We're not. I mean, he'll be a light, yeah, yeah, kind of funny sidekick, but he didn't have yeah. an integral part. Yeah, you know? that's true. Flitwick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was really cool in Deathly Hollows. I admit that he was very cool, but and he's Ravenclaw, so. <laughs> Who's a Ravenclaw kind of a around deal. here who would care? It's kind about of a big deal. <laughs> Man, who would that be? The house it's not it's not House Pride on Podcast. It's like <laughs> it's like House Pirate what's the word I'm looking for? House um Oh, podcast listeners, you know what word I'm looking for. There's like there's like house militantism going on here <laughs> yeah. on Pottercast. Yeah. Jeez, man. Well, look at who well, the great lady, she's Ravenclaw, but she kind of screwed things up a lot. Well, she fell in love Still with the wrong sort, man. She fell in love with that bloody baron. It's the Slytherin's fault. That's who I blame. 
Know. Yeah, let's bring the Slytherins. <laughs> okay, can we move okay. on? Um, I guess we could talk about this at the end, but I just want to say quickly, um, it is summertime, it is June, and the conventions are about to, conferences are about to get yes. underway, my friends. I think Convention Alley is starting next week on June 19th, and then Portis will be there, and then um, Accio, I'll get it right, Accio 2008 in England, and mm-hmm. then... Ooh, let's see. Terminus. Hmm. Oh, that's right. Where's Terminus? Yeah. I'm going to Terminus. <laughs> We're going to Terminus. <laughs> You're going to Terminus. We're, let's all go to Terminus. All four of us. All four of us. Even the absent John will be at will be at Terminus. I, a while ago, I was going to say that that would be your first live Pottercast, but I think that now I'm wrong. <gasps> oh, hmm. what does that mean? When did it What does that mean, Melissa? Curiouser and curiouser, I guess we're going to find out in the next couple weeks. Ooh, I like clues. Ooh, we also have another event to add to your docket. Oh, by the way, on that, on that conference slate, didn't we just announce that Conventionality had some sort yes, of one-day yes, pass? Yes, they do have one-day pass. That's mm-hmm. in Canada, yes, right? they have day passes and um, um, keynote tickets, too. So be sure you can... St- okay, so that's Conventionality 2008? Yes, yes it is. And you can find the links. I will put them in our show notes, too. And then that's at the University of Ottawa and not... Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, which is actually quite lovely up there. If you get a chance to go up there, go. I went up there last year with Harry and the Potters. It was beautiful. Oh, that's right. Yep. That's right. Um, and then yeah. the other conferences, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you more about them when they get closer because they're in July. Yes. We also have some news yes. that Sue and I are going to be doing a panel at Comic-Con. Comic-Con. Yeah. <laughs> in San Diego. Yes. We're so excited. Comic-Con. Comic-Con's fun. You guys can enjoy Comic-Con. I've never been there. I never even I've I've heard about it. Oh, it's it's a sight to see. I, I should be down there <laughs> in the area too. So, oh, I I am way out of my mind with excitement. You know, first that Harry Potter is getting a panel, you know, a presentation at this huge, large event. And for those listeners that don't under, know what Comic Con is, it's this large. Um, it's a weekend long gathering, and but they have like it's a, a unique um, collision of artists of comic books of movies of of just everything you could think and it is a had long been described as a geek it is heaven. nerd fest i mean people are in costume one it's awesome fabulous but i mean there are people like josh whedon goes there Ooh. i mean the filmmakers are going to go Ooh. there it is it is a big it is huge it's, a huge thing. it's like the conference to end all conferences and it's going to be so interesting comparing it, it to our our kind of more more cozy world of harry mm-hmm. potter conferences you know Right. So, right. Exactly. This be quite the change because I mean, like there's the Lord of the Ringers are going to, you know, I mean, because they all talk about the Hobbit's going to be going on. So there's going to, I mean, the buzz at that conference will be huge. And, and now we get to be part of it. I'm just out of my so mind. So exciting. Yeah. Sweet. It's going to be great. So who's on our panel? It's me and you and um, Heidi Tandy from Fictionality and um, Erin uh-huh. Pine. Uh, she runs a meetup group in HP Florida, HP Orlando, Florida. right? Yes. Yes. Um, she, yes she's if fabulous. If you've been to a conference, she's the woman who's usually dressed as McGonagall. She looks great. She's she has always a beautiful costume. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it's re- what's really funny is that the one time I saw her at an actual costume party, she wasn't in a costume. Yeah. It's the only time I've ever seen her not in a costume. I she was, like, was at a costume party, not in a costume. <laughs> yes. Always in her costume. And then I was at Rockstock last year and she it was a costume party. And the only, well, besides me, because I got there late, but the only person like who like wasn't in costume was her. I was like, this is just, this mm-hmm. is just irony. So. That's so you funny. Weren't in costume yeah. item, Melissa. Did you say, I don't oh, think you should be judging her. I'm kidding. Not judging. It was, it was funny. I'm kidding. It that, that's, that is funny. I just, I don't know. I'm being silly. 
Boo. Okay. Yeah. Anything else of, of importance? No. I mean, that's just it. Rock this summer is going to rock people. Where this fandom is not ending. <laughs> Things are moving on. Last year, going. if you'd asked me that all this stuff was going to be going on this summer, I'd be like, eh, yeah, whatever. We've, we've outdone ourselves. There's nothing more to do. <laughs> Come <laughs> on. Nope. I guess not. Not yet. Wrong. And hold on to your seats because we have much, much, much many more announcements Ooh. coming. Yes, we do. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah, I know. Just keep dropping hints here. Let's, let's move on before I throw okay, yes. <laughs> we'll see you guys over at the other thing. Phoenix Files. Bye. 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 This and is, we're back with po- Phoenix, Phoenix Files. Phoenix Files. <laughs> this is the last back. time we'll ever say that. Just like, mm-hmm. he's back. We're back. Anyway, it's the last Phoenix Files, guys. We finished off Thank with God. Uh, Fudge and Dollish came in to, uh, to take over uh, or the, the battle there to knock out Voldemort. Fudge and but, Dollish. Yeah, Fudge and Dollish. But Voldemort, having had one look at Dollish, flew the coop. And uh, this, is where we're, this is where we got left off. So what happens? Well, I want to know if everybody was expecting everybody to laugh when Fudge goes, he's back. I don't know, but I found it pretty amusing. <laughs> yeah. I want to, I, I like, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't an intended laugh. Why do you guys think people laughed? Because it was one of those like, duh. And the delivery was semi-humorous because he's all, mm. he's back. And he's like choked yeah. on it. So it was, it was the combination of a semi-amusing, not hilarious, not funny, amusing delivery combined yeah. with the duh factor like yeah he's back moron yeah, yeah. weren't we telling you this for like a year yeah. and the funny That's thing is I about think. fudge's character do you really think that up until that moment he didn't think voldemort was back or, or did, did you think that like he knew voldemort was back but he was going to wait as long as he could and try and you know hold out on the possibility that he wasn't because I think deep down he knew, but he was trying to exactly. trying to block it he out. He was lying to himself, and you can only do that for so long. Yeah. So how surprised is he at this point? <laughs> you can only do that until the evil overlord appears, hovering over Harry Potter in a cloud of mist yeah. inside your own ministry in the middle of the night. Pretty That's much. how long you can lie to yourself. About then. <laughs> That's a very specific I mean, circumstance. You're right, Frack. There comes a point. <laughs> when it's like, oh, well, I can't really. It's like, I'm not seeing this. Hands <laughs> over the eyes. Nah, 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 nah. He's not Fingers here. In the ears. <laughs> oh. So things happen pretty fast after that, huh? Well, well we had yeah. a little newspaper montage. Transitional. To help explain what happens. Poor Umbridge. Umbridge Poor gets what? suspended. I was kidding, Frack. Sorry. All of her cats were executed because of her crimes. <gasps> that's not that's not cool. Those cats were her slaves. You don't execute oh, them. Oh, now we're talking about freeing the cats like the house elves because the cats Oh please don't, please. Oh my gosh. Choose please. to be there. Please don't. Please stop. <laughs> Let's not. You can't condemn the cats for her misbehavior. Well the cats were that... conspirators. They uh Did you not see uh, what I drew last uh, week? I drew cats. <laughs> Yeah. Frack, I just realized that you drew Moochka in the middle of that drawing. <laughs> that was the first thing I drew when I was doodling, and then um, that's really funny. And then I, then the bat bogey thing came out about mid. <laughs> was that the, 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 the Moochka I made Moochka cast the bat bogey curse to help us. Mm. If you read the little caption, that's what it says. That's, ha- that's <laughs> okay. thoughtful of Moochka. 
So after Umbridge's cats were tried and freed, Yay. what happened next? <laughs> after they were tried and freed, um, oh, they talk about how Albus was uh, reinstated as the Hogwarts headmaster. And uh, we get a nice little Hogwarts scene. Um, I Help me out with the timeline, but do we head right to Dumbledore's office or is there something first? Um, I don't remember. Dumbledore's office? I just watched it. I don't remember. This Dumbledore, that, that stupid little Dumbledore's office scene where Dumbledore's like, I love you. Yeah, and this all is like, the yeah, big, whatever. Where have you been for the past five movies? This is the big, um, <laughs> the the whole teaser for, half, for Order of the Phoenix, the book, was the line, I'm going to tell you everything. I'm going to sit down and tell you everything. The big moment. And we get to the equivalent in the movie and there's chilling there. So. And it takes three minutes or something. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, there's no big prophecy reveal. There's no real discussion yeah, of the prophecy. One thing that Harry me. says, like, oh, it's yeah, like, because we didn't get to see all... that it was Trelawney and the prophecy. I really, yeah. like, we they just allude to it a little bit when she's all like in the orb going, Whoa. like, I wish it really would have been like you would have seen it was Trelawney because that would just it yeah. makes her her character so much more important. Yeah, totally. And then from the pro- the part that we did hear the prophecy, they cut off. Just like with the last line, it's kind of like why cut off that last line? Just keep the whole thing there. But yeah, it's like it makes you wonder. Like, did they figure? Okay, it was a long movie. They just had a big battle. You can't really hold the attention span much after this, so we're not going to bother to try to have like a drawn out explanatory uh, Dumbledore line about the whole prophecy. Because by the time he sits down there, he already heard the prophecy. He heard it at the ministry. So there's no Dumbledore having to tell him the prophecy. No, he heard it. He heard it all. Yeah, oh, Dumbledore was just true. asking about it. He's like, do you know what this means? And Harry's all like, I guess I'll have to kill him or he'll kill me. And Dumbledore's all like, snap, yep, that's it. Ding, 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 ding. You are the grand prize winner. No. Uh, yes. um, yeah, I just kind of... I guess it worked for the movie. I just... yeah. I just, I have to be careful. I have to remember it is a movie. It's not a book. And so like all the little stuff yeah. that I'd like to see, like I would like to see on film isn't necessary. Like I would have loved to see Trelawney come up out of the pensive and rotate and quote the, 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 the prophecy. I would have been like, ooh, well, gaga over that. But. It was interesting because they actually had it scripted another way. They were going to, they're going to have Harry destroy Did Dumbledore's God. office like he does in the book. But Stuart Craig stepped in. He's like, oh, hell no. I'm not making all this stuff again. You are not touching my beautiful Dumbledore's office set. So they had to rewrite it. I heard that it came All down right, to a, um, an arm wrestling match. Yeah. <laughs> Between Buckbeak and Dobby. Okay. I just wish they would have gotten into the whole idea of what that means. You know, um, it, it means that neither one of them are going to give up the fight. So not. it's not so much saying that there's a f- sequence of events, it's like a judgment on their character, you know? Um, that's, that's There's a lot more that that prophecy means, you know? I, I, I like how you said that. It's it's much more of their character than a sequence of events. It's kind of like, it's. I love when storytelling has the ambiguous like predestination where it's kind of like, it's self-fulfilling prophecy almost, but it, it's not, it's just one of those, it's like that time, the, the time travel problem like if you go back in time to change something it won't happen so you would never go back in time to change it so you didn't change it It it's kind of like circular reasoning almost i really enjoy that and it would have been nice to explore that a little bit with the film 
but that is more of a... Yeah, because the point, point that gets made is that it's, you know, Voldemort's not going to walk away because he can't let it go. Harry's not going to walk away because this guy needs to be stopped. And so that's why they must meet. It's not they must meet because it's been written. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's just, yeah exactly. And I like how even in with hindsight, we know ultimately that Voldemort defeated himself. Because, like, if, if it wasn't for him killing Harry's parents, Harry wouldn't have this, this like, this drive and this unbridled yeah. passion to, to finish what he needs to finish. Well, he would have never been marked as, as his equal. They were, he basically put the whole thing in motion, Voldemort. Yeah. He did for sure. Absolutely. Hmm. So, uh, Dumbledore's like, I know how you feel. Mm-hmm. And Harry's like, no, you don't. Yeah. And it's, ooh, Harry, little snippy. Well, I don't blame him, rightfully so. No, neither do I. I mean, frankly, he's kind of calm in this scene. Yeah. And just to talk about Mr. Radcliffe, he, his acting was so, I mean, it jumped bounds in this, in this most recent film, like the fifth one. It was, I was so impressed by his, his, um, just his ability. It was, I was really Uh, impressed. I can't tell you how excited I am to see him at Half-Blood Prince. I mean, everybody was all like, oh, Equus did such wonders for him. But like, guys... Equus was after filming of Order of the Phoenix. Just, just yeah. wait, just wait till you see this guy. No, you know why I'm excited for Half Blood Prince is is that this is the first movie they're filming after having read Book Seven. Yeah, that too. They know the balance. They know the end. They know what's important. They know what is absolutely necessary and what is not. And let's not forget there are going to be two movies for Book Seven. Yeah, let's just relish in the fact that that's <sighs> awesome. I just can't. I'm just so excited because there's so much more happening for the adult characters and uh, and the, the, the films that are to come now. And to see all this stuff uh, with uh, with Snape and Half Blood Prince, I think he's really going to have a lot more screen time. I hope so. I just the one thing I know this is off topic, but the one thing I I want to be in Book Seven without any compromise is Snape's memory. That like when he dies at the end, like when he gives it to Harry with with Lily. The, yeah, it's pretty much like this is the whole Snape's reason for Snape, the reason for what how he was. I mean, if if they cut well, all here's, that out, ugh. well, here's what I think is going to happen there, and I I think that they really did film it all then, but they just did they just filmed it all then because they had the actors and, and the set and everything in one place. You just do it all in one shot, and what's going to happen is that Harry's going to go back into the memory, shift his eyesight a little bit, look the other way. And see Lily, and see more of it that he didn't see that day. Yeah, I know? hope so. I hope so. That's, hope so that'd too. be good. They, kind of have to. they have the footage, undoubtedly. They have plenty of it to do that if they wanted to. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, even if it wasn't planned, I hope they have enough, like, you know, foresight to be like, "Hey, look what we filmed. Let's use it." Yeah. Yeah. Well, the problem is just that it's not foreshadowed now. You know, the foreshadowing was perfect because you saw it in book five, but you didn't understand what it truly meant until book seven. Mm-hmm. Now it'll just be kind of in movie seven. That's true. <laughs> oh, oh, let's connect Snape with Lily at the very last moment. You yeah. know? Well, that was a really like to me, that was a cool reveal because maybe I just didn't catch on fast enough. But I really like the whole fact. The whole point was it wasn't that he was humiliated. It was the fact that he humiliated her. That was the last that was like it was worst memory. Like yeah. he called her that. And I was like, wow, that's pretty that's powerful. I'm just nervous because I remember reading that part in the book and, you know, having a small critique like, wow, this was really cool information to have. But it came at a point in time where it's it almost slowed things down too much. And if, if that's a well, concern, yeah, we're in the middle of this huge battle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, like Peach Battle, and we slow it down to childhood memories and playing in the playground. It's like, I hope that they'll just, you know, stick their feet in and do it for the movie, even though well, it would probably totally slow the momentum they've been building up to. They can probably uh, just move it around a bit. Like, that could be the commencement of the battle when Snape dies. You know what I mean? I, I think they could probably play with it a little bit if they have to. I don't think they it can't bring up. it in any sooner. If they bring it in any sooner, then Harry's interaction with him will change dramatically yeah. before he yeah, dies. Because and that, Voldemort has to think he, he's won in order to, le- to leave Nagini unprotected. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, <sighs> nervous. <laughs> anyway, anything else? No, I'm sorry. No, what are we talking about? No, Voldemort doesn't think he's won yet because... Harry hadn't gone to the forest yet, had he? No. Oh, yeah, Nagini was still in the bubble when he killed Snape. So confused. Yeah. Because it just it went over yeah. him. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. I got a little, little deathly hallowed there. Nagini Anywho, back in a bubble. Phoenix. Um, back to Phoenix, yeah. What else? Not getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Three so, movie, two movies ahead of go, ourselves. What? So Harry goes back down to the Great Hall with, um, and, and uh, you know, Ron and Hermione are there. And then they say, oh, I got a package for you, Harry. And they bring the broom-shaped package over. <laughs> and there's a feather attached to it. And then the freeze frames. And then um, Harry no, rides off he... to the freeze frame. <laughs> and everybody claps for Hagrid. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. No. No. I like the the thing with Luna. Yeah. I love. Is this when they hold hands? Yes, this is when they hold hands. Aww. And, the, and she has that weird scene where she's talking, but she's not really well, talking. Luna is a ventriloquist. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> They're like, let's hey. add a line here. It doesn't make sense. But she wasn't saying anything. <laughs> well, no, no one will know with regular <laughs> television. So just like, the HD people will know. <laughs> Please hush them. We're not going to release it in HD or anything. On IMAX. Know. Remember, we saw it on IMAX. <laughs> exactly. I was with you guys and we saw it on IMAX. It's just funny. She's looking all over the yes. castle to try to find her shoes. She finds her shoes, and then she goes and eats pudding. And she leaves like, her Luna, shoes. Grab she, your darn she shoes. knows her priorities, though. She knows that Harry needs companionship right now, and and she and knows sharing pudding she has with found her shoes. Her shoes are in a safe, high place. She can get them later. True. Yeah. That's true. true. What if Peeves takes them, puts them in the toilet? Peeves doesn't hmm. exist in Peeves the film who? world. Well, he exists off screen. I <laughs> would in, thoroughly enjoy. If they just make some sort of reference to Peeves in the in the seventh one, like I get yeah. such a kick out of that. Like just like <laughs> in the and we see him. Like I remember, I watched. This is gonna be such kind of a tangent, but I'm gonna <laughs> indulge it because it proves my point. Um, Boy Meets World. I used to watch yes. it when you were younger, and then I watched like the one when they graduated high school. And you know that little the nerd kid Minkus, or whatever. On yeah. the last episode when they were in high school. He walked on camera. He had a walk-on role. Just and then they're like, "Minkus, where have you been?" He's like, "I've been over there." And he points like off camera, <laughs> and it's like it's like they were all. He was always there, but just like you know how like on yeah. TV shows, there's only that one shot of each of each scene. And I like I I hadn't watched the show in years. I just happened to catch that episode, and I about died. And I've always remembered that. And I was that was a uh, hilarious joke and great storytelling. And I just if they were do something That's to that awesome. degree with Peeves, kind of like oh, that's hilarious. Peeves. And he's oh, like, I would just hey, have Peeves. such a kick. <laughs> Where have you been, Pete? <laughs> Where have you been, Pete? I've been I'm invisible. I'm a ghost. What the hell? <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> I've been falling around the other students. I don't fall around these three yeah, students exactly. the whole time. Could you <laughs> there imagine are more the than just five students that go to this school. Hello. <laughs> Hello. 
Okay. Sorry, that was a bit is of a tangent. Is that it? Are we, are we, they all tromp off to the to, to the train? I love the train. I, I love seeing that side of um hog of this tra- the train ride. Like I've never, yeah. I really enjoy them walking through the forest and just kind of. It was. It just made them seem more adult for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. They just kind of. And Harry's leading everybody. Yeah. And you remember, I remember looking for the proximity between Jenny and Harry, or Jenny and Dean. And I yeah. think at one point, Jean and Jenny are, Jean and Jenny, Dean and Jenny, <laughs> are walking pretty close to each other. Like, uh oh, uh oh, here we go. Oh, spaghetti-o. What's going on? Here we oh, go. So funny. Here we go. <laughs> What's that from? <laughs> from our kayak adventure. Oh, okay. Which I didn't expect people to laugh so hard at that. I'm glad they enjoyed it. it Melissa, have you amusing. seen my have you seen my Taco Night video, Melissa? What? I did. Have you seen my video for Taco Night? No. Oh, we played let we played Let's Make a Man Out of You in Spanish because we were having Taco Night. You played it in Spanish. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's on my U- it's on YouTube okay. YouTube slash John Boy eight six five with an H. You're gonna get a lot of hits. That's the idea. Yeah. He's, he didn't know. Okay. okay. Final thoughts on Phoenix Files. Phoenix movie. Phoenix. Or the Phoenix was a great movie. I'm waiting for the 3D release. It, it'll be a couple years away. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed this because it was my favorite book. At, I mean, favorite movie so far, I think. I think the, the mm-hmm. third one is in a close, very close second. But just because it's my favorite book or one of my favorite books. I think I may have enjoyed it a little too much. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix was a fabulous it was movie. A fabulous My favorite movie. Of the series. Fabulous movie. Tune in for upcoming podcast episodes when we dip into uh, uh, Half Blood Prince, the movie. Uh, predictions. Yes. Predictions. What mm. should be in it, what should not be in it, and why. Exactly. All right. I like it. I like well, let's it push a lot. on and uh, let's, have it, let's have some chat about that ridiculously awesome prequel. That just 800 came out words of awesome. What? The other day. Okay. There. Okay, let's do okay, it. Bye. Goodbye. So, this little 800 word snippet of awesome. Yes. Fab. Yes. There have been 800 new words in the Potterverse because almost a million wasn't enough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. Now we're. Very thrilled that there's been new canon. But it's a weird little card, isn't it? It is. But it's it's Elven Dork. It's unisex, everyone. Yeah, that is one of her funniest jokes. <laughs> Elven Dork. How lovely, though, was it to see... Now, before we go on, okay. just in case you're, mm-hmm. you're new to this, <laughs> there was an 800-word card that it was a prequel to the Harry Potter series mm-hmm. that was sold up for Waterstones for $50,000, about 25,000 pounds. Mm-hmm. It is on the front page of Waterstones.com. Yes. And it, it, it features James and Sirius three years before they had Harry, so they're about 17. I've checked with Cheryl. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they run into a muggle police officer. But the interesting thing I thought about this is that we don't really have the context. We no. don't. And I was waiting for that. But I figured it was only 800 words and it was a small car. She just had to stop. It gives you kind of an appreciation for how short of a time authors really have to fill in their yeah mm-hmm. it was fun well, but this, it was a nice it was slice fun, of life but i think we do have a context though because she described their t-shirts right and they said oh, they yeah. have birds so that tells me that's the order that would be my i just i mean but but we knew that the war was waging at that sure. time i just don't know what like what 
what's happening at that oh, time. Oh, are, right. are they running from attackers? Are they? Oh, right. Is yeah. you know, are they? In, are they just having some fun? Are they? You know, I don't know. But I just think it's hilarious that they had T-shirts printed in the first yeah. round. <laughs> you know, I th- yeah, that would be like a teen kind of club thing to do. You know, yeah. I mean, because you know, you at first I thought, well, maybe those are just like the logo of their Quidditch teams that they were like supporting. You know, like maybe they're just like normal, like post high school. You know, going out and this was their thing. But then I realized, duh, I know that's the order. But you know, who knows? How funny was it though when they pulled out their wands and the, the guys? Police more like, Don't <laughs> <laughs> just made me that laugh so hard. It's great because they are. That is the original. Then they would be the original Harry and the Potters. Then, or I like the, the one, um, <laughs> the original Harry <laughs> and the Potters. Nice. I like when, uh, when referenced Sirius, how the one cop it reminded him of his daughter's a lay- layabout boyfriend who was a, a musician. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then with the whole drumstick thing, that was a nice little tie-in. That was fun. Very funny. But that just confirms, like, it's amazing how, how accurate most fan interpretations of Sirius really yes. are. I mean, he that's exactly how we've all seen him for, you know, however many years now. Yeah. Well, we've got, we got a good slice of him in the books, though, too. You know, when, with, the, with the pensive stuff and Snape's worst memory, all that jazz. He was, he was a little yeah. snotty guy. But I know what you mean. You know, that stuff, I, most of the fandom kind of solidified before book five oh, I see. Um, came out. I mean, not, I mean the, granted, there's been much since, but... The real kind of like core built up in that in those years before two thousand and two thousand three, and before we knew very much about Sirius, it, it, he still had that kind of daredevil. Oh, okay. You know, I, I don't know. No, maybe that's I'm, true because I I didn't um, like I said before I didn't read the books until um, all five were out, so I read the first five in in one big pile uh, through. So wow! Oh, you're lucky you missed those three years. The waiting <laughs> was torture. Yeah. Man, the waiting was terrible <laughs> every day. Come on, where is it? But, you know, one thing I, I will say we've learned about, like you're talking about the description, that what we, how we viewed Sirius. We also got that a little bit more of James, and I got that arrogance, too. I mean, there's that, not arrogance, but just that self-assured, kind of cocky, kind of smart-ass kind of humor, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. But arrogance. Yeah, like arrogance. Yeah, maybe it's okay, yeah. <laughs> So that kind of, but also fun, like funny, yeah. like seriously yeah, funny. Yeah, seriously funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God, she did the serious did. joke. <laughs> fans have been doing the serious joke forever, forever. It has been in fan fiction since there was Harry Potter fan mm. fiction. Serious, serious. Spell it two different ways, like, and it's usually uh-huh. a Muggle who hears serious black and goes, "Oh, serious, ha ha ha," or something like that, or "I'm serious." But oh, my favorite, my favorite. I think it was my friend Rebecca's fan fiction way back when. Somebody goes, it was Snape who goes, I'm serious, Black. And Snape goes, so am I. <laughs> or no, reverse that. Snape says, I'm serious, Black. And Sirius goes, so am I. Oh <laughs> you awesome. Know, fans have been doing that forever. Mm-hmm. That's funny. So you, it was deeply gratifying to see Do you her think, do though, that she, because we've always known that she's aware, you know, whether she actually goes and reads much fan fiction. For, but for her to do that, I mean, that was really kind of a cool kind of nod to the fandom, I thought. You know, maybe not, but. Yeah, just rocked. And also, I wonder if it's that or if she's been dying to do that joke for Probably so. Probably. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, and maybe just didn't put it in the books, yeah. but thought this was finally the perfect. Was perfect. But for me, I don't care. All my little private Sue serious fantasies have involved that motorcycle. And there he was again, riding off on that motorcycle. I was the happiest camper in the world that day when I read that card or that one in the morning when it came online. <laughs> I was like, yes. There he was. Sirius Black rides again. Yes. Maybe that was 
That was really yeah, cool. Yeah, I love it. I remember it. when I first, the first word, because I opened it, but I had to finish something. I told myself, I won't let myself read it until I get what I need to get done today. And mm-hmm. um, it was like incentive for me. And then I saw a motorcycle. I was like, ah! <laughs> like the speedy motorcycle. I was like, I know what's going to happen. Kind of. Not, you know. I just, yeah. And there's also a lot of little tiny hints of her, of her nice images. Like the way she says, um, wait, I have to get, I have to get to it. Hold on. Her handwriting. Yes. On the on her autograph is gorgeous, but on a eight hundred words, he's gonna have to squeeze. Can, can we say this too? Too uh. before we go any further, we interrupt. We you can't retype it out. Um, there's there's a disclaimer at the bottom that they have asked us very nicely for people not to reproduce that, and that's why. And we know it's hard for read, and maybe they she will or Waterstones will will eventually put a typed out copy, but. You know, so just want to clarify that. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's, I mean it's also a respect thing. This just went for fifty thousand. Yeah, pretty much dollars. Yeah. We could maybe not reproduce yeah. it. Yeah, you know, whole cloth. There's like a wink of its red tail light, and then <clears throat> the, <sighs> the dark mouth of the alley. Their ta- tail light twinkling behind them like a vanishing ruby. It just all her little imageries make it all so clear. It's, it's so cool. It's just part of her. Um, it's her voice. You know what I mean. It's it's nice to see that even in like a time crunch and only a hundred words, she can still write very nice and beautifully. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, for me, I, that imagery just shot of like the the shooting star, the fading Gryffindor, the ruby Gryffindor. You know, and for me, that was just so evocative and just the perfect way to end that that story. It was just like their their destiny. Their that was their light, that bright kind of thing in the light. And they went away. And I just, maybe because you're a fan and you just, for me, I've craved that backstory of the Marauders for so, so long. And to get a little glimpse of it was just wonderful. I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but. Yeah. Oh, it's it, magnificent. I want yeah. more. She has yes. to I like the little note from the prequel I'm not working on, but this was fun. <laughs> Boo, Joe! <laughs> don't do that to us. That was fun, as though she just kind of sat down and went, there yeah. it is. You know, I'm sure that's not how it goes yeah. for her. But well, to a certain degree. But, you know, that was so cool, her to, just to do this for charity. Like, okay, I'll get it out there. And nobody can complain because this is going to go online. And literally the entire world can see this at any time. They can get near a computer. And you can buy the book. You can buy this this for charity. It's only five pounds, which is like $10 here in the United States. And they ship. Waterstones will ship over anywhere you're at and rock on. I, I cannot believe we haven't yet spoken about Elvendor. Elvin. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Oh, that was funny. Took me. I was like, "What is going on?" <laughs> Elvendorf and these right. These policemen would be like, "Who? That? What the heck the have we picked up here?" Elvendorf. It's unisex. <laughs> oh, it's funny. But it's nice to see the, the the suspicions about how light and genuinely funny and kind of smart alecky these guys yeah. were. A hundred percent confirmed. We've never seen them together before. Right. Right. Except in like the forest right before Harry died. You know, it's not. You know, right? So you got that sense of that genuine camaraderie, camaraderie, and that friendship, and that sense of like, okay, we're just going to go out and raise hell, and just it's fun. You know, that was fun. I like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Elven. work. You can read that at waterstones.com. It's a lovely piece of work. You can buy it. Yes. We have links. The links. And I think that's all we can really. Uh, unless you guys have something else important well, you want to say. It was eight hundred words. I like it was. Yeah. I just really enjoyed it for the fact, like, at first I was hoping to be more magic in it just because that's, I love that kind of stuff. I nerd out. Mm-hmm. But I was like, this is a nice little slice of life, fun, mo- like, little clip that 
you know, it helped the story, but it, mm-hmm. you know, didn't, you don't really need to know it. We don't, what do we think they were doing? What do we think they were flying from? I honestly think that they were probably just goofing around having a good time, and then the cops caught them, and then they just figured, let's have some even more fun by messing around with them. That's Yes, because I thought about this, too, and I thought, well, if they had been, if this was the war, but if they were in fleeing from a pursuit of a Death Eater, that they would not have stopped and spent so much time with the police officers. I mean, yeah, frankly, if you're not... Around, if there's a real right. reason. Well, they're not, they would have obliterated, obliterated and, and off they would have gone, you know? Who were the people on Broom? Okay, was that Broom... Okay, because the, uh, that's where the handwriting got a little tough for me. Yeah. And I, I wasn't sure if it was it broomsticks says, or, or like, he was referring to the wands. No, the, the policeman wheeled around and staggered backwards. The three men were flying, actually flying, up the alley on broomsticks. And the same at the same moment, the police car was rearing up on its back wheel. And they, you know, the, the men on the broom slammed into the upended car and fell to the ground with their broomsticks, you know, smashed. So it sounds like they really were fleeing from an enemy. But we're, give we're, it another read. And they used the car. What, but what if, but if I was, if, you know, if I had, like, the car family or you know friend rear was after me i would not stop and talk to them and joke around with the police officers i just you know maybe i'm yeah but it just i get that but it just seems to fly in the face of why they basically hit these people on broomsticks with a car oh so that's what they did they made they, they levitated yeah. the car to hit the guy in the broomsticks yeah the three men on the broomsticks and it, it might you know it, it okay then yeah then I, they probably were and were getting chased and so they they just they knew they had a head start they were waiting yeah. buying their time until they went over and then like we'll just use this whoop got them and then and then after that that's when they flew off on their own motorcycle yeah maybe it's like fred and george yeah. you know like they're, they're gonna joke no matter what situation yeah. that's just how they handle the situation you know to men it's not really joking it's just how they handle their problems you know i kind of thought well maybe it's like spies for voldemort they weren't really like death eaters per se but i thought well well, maybe if it's just like, what if it was Lucius or Snape and they were just like going to give him a hard time? He was out there with some of his buddies and they were just out like goofing around. And Well, I just think it's also, you know, these these even though these guys are muggles, Sirius and James have a respect for the law and a police officer is telling them to get off their car. No matter what else is happening, they don't want the police officers to start pulling right, out guns. Right. So you have to you have to get off and deal with the situation, even if it means that there's going to be more problems. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When no, see, okay, yeah. that's when the handwriting got a little wonky for me, and so that's I didn't I didn't really grasp that. I feel kind of weird, stupid now, but oh well. No, I don't care. No, no, um, you're not but, stupid because it was there was hard part of it. But um, but yeah, that makes sense now. I would imagine they were being pursued some for some reason, and then uh, they they knew they were they were just they knew that they were going faster, and so when they had time to kill or wait for them to catch up, that's when they and that's looking down the alley because that you know they were hiding from. Their pursuers, not the police officers. And then yeah. They could... Yeah. It says we would have loved to stop for a chat, but we were we, only we were trying. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They probably wouldn't be going so fast through a Muggle area if it, it was necessary. That's true. And that makes sense too, because they were going so fast that draw the attention of the cops. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. The police. You know, see, and, and my warped, my warped mind. You know, I always wanted to know, like, you know, about the thri- the thrice times defied the Dark Lord. I wondered if this had to do with one of the times that they were defied. You know, if the Long Bottoms had been part of that whole situation, or you know, or they had broken in somewhere and are trying to steal something that was they thought the Voldemort might be after. I don't know. So you kind of wonder. Yeah. I mean, what what's the yeah. context that like she needs? Yeah. To, she needs to write yeah. more. There's no. We must inform her that she needs <laughs> yeah. to write more. Yeah. Give her a call, Melissa. We'll get right on. Yeah. Uh, hey, Joe. Where's John when you need her? Can I get get Joe on Skype? Well, we'll put this in our little file for the next time she comes on podcast. Like, uh, <laughs> Joe. We can have a bone to pick with, with you. Much? 
Yeah. Yeah, she'll be like, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think that's good then. All right, peoples. That's all we've got on this one. You can read the rest of it at waterstones.com. And we will see you for a Scribby 5, I think. Yes. Call the back. Sweet. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like Pottercast. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash Pottercast to get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Again, go to audiblepodcast.com slash Pottercast for your free audiobook. Welcome to Scribby 5, the five-minute podcast of the Leaky Cauldron's premier essay project, Scribulous. I am Erin Orcafias, and I have with me today Beth or Lunila. Hi! Today, we are talking about one of our recent essays from issue 24 of Scribulous about the Deathly Hallows movies, emphasis on the plural. That's right, Erin. I tend to agree with Marauding Dawn in her essay, Milking the Hippogriff Dry, as the Hogwarts Express gravy train runs out of steam. She feels that it isn't really a good idea to split the book into two different movies. Yeah, well, call me simple-minded, if you will, Beth, but I cannot see how more Harry Potter can ever be a bad thing. Well, see, she thinks the filmmakers are only doing it for the money. Ah, well, I guess I can't argue with that. But I think it'll be fun, and I don't really mind spending a few extra bucks for more Harry Potter. Well, we'll certainly be buying whatever they produce, that's for sure. But maybe that's part of the problem. At this point, quality kind of doesn't matter. They know all the extreme fans are going to come out in droves, and they're banking on that. But we have a right to demand a good movie. And I'm not sure that watching the trio camping and fighting sounds very interesting to me, Aaron. Honestly, Marauding Dawn points out that the first half of the book is missing many of the things that make the movie so good. She says that Stephen Cloves adheres religiously to the book. Then we may be lucky to get a quick glimpse of Severus at the beginning, but then that's it until part two. No Hogwarts, no teachers, no Neville the heart and soul immediately disappears. Ugh, it's always about Snape, isn't it? Oh, well, I guess that's a bit out of context. She refers to him, but she also mentions the lack of other great actors that make the movie so awesome. She says, we've been lucky enough to see Richard Harris, Sir Michael Gambon, Dame Maggie Smith, Alan Rickman, Fiona Shaw, Gary Oldman, David Thewlis and many more award-winning stars grace our screens together. What a tragic disappointment, then, to have a Deathly Hallows Part 1, in which we may not even see these greats at all, or in tiny dribs and drabs. Well, it seems to me like she's just guessing about what the movies will be like. I mean, we can't judge the first movie until we see it. Maybe the filmmakers will rearrange the order of presentation a bit to put some of the Hogwarts flashback material from the end of Deathly Hallows into the beginning of the movie instead, so we will still see what's going on there during the admittedly boring fighting slash camping misery. <laughs> what do you say to that idea, Beth? Well, I really hope you're right, Aaron. I can see that would help a lot. But I guess the decision is out of our hands anyway. 
As much as I wish we could get one quality movie out of the mix here, I think I'm resigned to waiting to see how it comes out and just hoping they do it justice. Yeah, well, Marauding Dawn makes a bunch of other points about the movie and honestly about Deathly Hallows itself, a book she didn't care for but read five times. She seems to be hoping the movies will change the ending a bit and fix some of the things she didn't like about the book. And you know, I kind of wish that too. I think they should make Snape a full-out bad guy after all. Maybe have a surprise twist ending where he turns out to be the next Dark Lord. (laughs) Aaron, 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 you just won't let this bad Snape thing go. Hey, Beth, it's my last chance. Okay, so anyway, if you want to find out more about Marathi and Dawn's thoughts on the DH movie or comment on them in the forum or on the article itself, go to www.scribulous.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Oh my goodness, it's drum time. I feel, I feel, I feel like Wizard Rocky time. Hey, yeah, there's going to be lots of Wizard Rock this summer. Oh, did I just drop another hand? Oh, <gasps> what? Man, I have oh, no. to stop. What am what? I doing, people? Wizard Rock over the summer? You think? No, no, I did not. You didn't hear that from me. No. No idea what you're talking about. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> hey, frap. I bought a giant thing of Pellegrino this week. <gasps> Pellegrino! Oh, awesome. I was told, who told, oh, John was telling me that Brie drinks Pellegrino, but she doesn't like it, but she drinks it for me. And I was yeah, like, oh. Like, I hate it, but I have to, yeah. I mean, I like it fine. It's Good. Like, I have to tell you guys, if you guys don't like expensive. it, you don't have to drink it. I don't get any profit from it. I just really enjoy it. And I would love for you, you guys to get, enjoy it just as like well. But. John should get profit from Chipotle. And I should get Starbucks free cards from Starbucks house i'm not asking for cards don't send me cards you nice people you nice people they do that you can't even say it and then all of a sudden they appear oh which reminds me the p.o box is defunct i'm getting us a new p.o box don't send anything there (laughs) something weird happened there and we need a new one what happened the the post office acted weirdly and closed the account and then i was very angry at the way they treated it and i don't live in that area anymore so um there's no reason to open it up near there again you know so I have to find one nearby go postal on them yes go postal on their butts no 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 I just said okay well see you later you guys have been unhelpful no (laughs) reason to have our business here anymore very (laughs) unhelpful rude so thank you very little you get some people who just are just like rude and not obviously they're in jobs they don't like and they're taking it out on you and it's Mm -hmm. unfortunate so whatever so peoples what's up so I'm excited because Pompero House. I just have to keep plugging Terminus. Because Dude, I'm Terminus excited. is coming so I'm excited cool. to go but to other Terminus. conferences, too. Yeah. I've never been to a the Harry Potter convention before. Well, you know what you can do? You can come cheer me on. I'm doing that tournament, that knowledge tournament. Oh, we'll and, come and, help. Oh, yes. Yeah. I will yell things out. You do know, you need prep? We, we, we went into full prep mode before the MuggleNet one. And, and yes. Oh, six. Do you need, do you need prep yes, time? I do. I do. But John Noe is not invited to the prep session. He will sabotage your prep. <laughs> no, what we can do is we can... Um, I just watched the movie 21 last week at the Dollar Theater over here. And in that movie, when they count cards, they had code words for different things. Like, they'd say, oh, it's sweet. And sweet was like sweet 16, so that was the count of the table. So we can come up with code words, and I can just yell out random things like purple or, or cherry. And then, like, you would know that they were, it revolved around oh, that no. kind of thing. Way to give up the whole cheating scheme. People. Way to go. Plus, you must know, I just, I can't cheat, you know? It's just, it's, it's... I would just feel guilty, but you know, no, but I couldn't cheat. 
But I do want to win. I mean, Pampera, has, I want to win. You know, I just want to win. No, we're gonna we're gonna help. We're all gonna come together and help Pampera House. Yeah, we so will. Top of the convention. Yes. Win. The um, other conferences are starting too. We talked about them in the opening. There's Convention Alley and Portis, and um, Portis. I wanted to go to Portis, but it's a weekend of my sister's bachelorette party, so I can't even go report. Right, now, now tell us. Now tell us. You're not gonna have to wear some sort of like m- the Greek wedding kind of thing with a big funky dress. She is right? marrying a Greek. I know that. I was just He's trying to Greek just... and Irish and we're Italian. Can you imagine what this wedding's going to be it, like? Is it a Greek Orthodox? <laughs> It'll be yes. rocking. Is a wedding going to be Greek Orthodox? No. Oh. But they're getting married at a Greek, I think, it, is it a Greek church or a Roman Catholic? Because Greek Orthodox the weddings other? I've went to and it's like, it's beautiful, the ceremony. Like, it's really intense. Like, like three priests marry you and all that jazz. Oh, no. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. They're not doing that. It was pretty, no, I enjoyed the, it though. They look like wizards. It's just funny. It's like they they picked the loudest, most populated nationalities. You know, yeah, I know. <laughs> Let's find the biggest families ever and put them all into one, so that the wedding. I mean, I think she's inviting like four hundred people to the wedding. Oh, wow, that's gonna oh be a lot God. of fun. I know, I know. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. But just think of all the food and booze. That'll be fun. Just don't dress <laughs> like an omelet. Oh, like you know, by that day. You know. <laughs> be oh, dancing. It'll be so much fun. You're gonna a lot of dancing. Day. No, he's a great, he's weddings. a great, great guy. He is. Me too. And I am maid of honor. Aww. Aww. It was <laughs> <laughs> you guys are cute. <laughs> the way you did that right at once. Aww. I didn't, we didn't plan that. We're just nice <laughs> <Yes>. people. <laughs> but we are going great. to Miami for her bachelorette party, and John was all, hey, you'll be in Miami. I said, hey, yeah, go. You're not invited. Stay away. <laughs> Girls weekend. Very cool. That's very exciting. And, and let me just say, her sister and her future brother-in-law are both extremely beautiful people. Yes, Unfair. they are. Fair. <laughs> They're going to have supermodel children. It's going to be yes. gross. <laughs> They're just gorgeous. Yeah. Just, oh, but that's going like to be a, a great summer, though. That'll don't they just... know the rule of genetics? Spread the genes apart. Yeah. <laughs> Two people that beautiful shouldn't marry. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. They're wonderful people, and I'm happy for them. Yeah. But I bet your ma, though, will just be great. You know, she'll be just something. Love your mom. Love mom and dad. Oh, what do you see her dress? I want to meet mom uh, here. You mother. are going to. Oh, did I just drop another hint? Oh, my gosh. Did I go yeah, that out up, man. passively? I think Someone's I may have. stop me. What are you going to do with you? <laughs> okay, I'm going to shut up now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just the music. All right, we'll move on. So, poor John is not here. I We have, someone sent a great email, and we're going to talk about it next week, about Mr. John in the drum section. I'm just saying, but that email was very amusing. What was it? I read this email. In France. <laughs> I read Bar- this email. Okay. I'll send it to you. I thought I, I sent it, it to you, but... Okay. I'll send it to you. So, just another hint for next week Ooh. about this. A sponsor. Okay, I'll just tell you now. About the sponsor for one of the sponsors for the Tour de France. Our favorite burrito. No way. What? Shouldn't there be something wrong with sponsoring an athletic event with things that make you so fat? (laughs) Is it not just the ultimate paradox? I'm like, are you kidding? This email was hysterical, though. It's like McDonald's sponsoring a 5K. Like, I know. But they do that, though. I mean, you know. Uh, speaking of sponsoring, Melissa, don't you have a big thing this summer st- or this fall, right? You're still doing your, your walk for tour, your breast cancer thing? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I haven't talked about it here in forever. Um, yeah. I'm walking, hopefully, um, um, because now with book stuff, I'm hoping that that weekend is still okay. But um, I'm walking in the Avon Walk for a Cure 
Breast Cancer March. Um, mm-hmm. If you can go, if you would like to donate to my team and to my fund, uh, it's a 39-mile walk where um, it's all over New York. It's over two days. It's going to be amazing, and I'm raising money. All the money will go to to the Avon Work for, work for Cure. You can go to leakynews.com slash Melissa Walk, um, and that will redirect you to my page, to my um, actual Avon page, so you can donate there. I'd really appreciate it. Um, we have a lot of really enthusiastic girls and some personal heroes to defend, to walk for. That's so, awesome. Um, yeah. It's Very exciting. Important. My mom's doing a triathlon at Disneyland on Sunday. <gasps> That's for uh, a charity, I forget it's a women's charity. I forget, uh, for, I forget which one specifically, but they're they're starting in California Adventure, swimming across that that beach lagoon thing by the the, the Ferris wheel, and they're going to be running through Disneyland, and then uh, no biking through Disneyland and finishing off the run down downtown Disney. How fun! Yeah. Ooh, what a great idea. Yeah. That's fabulous. That really is. That's awesome. Go, and my parents are hardcore. Up. They do two triathlons a year. Wow. I know. That's Puts me to shame. One, one time in my life, I want to do a triathlon. <laughs> Once in my life. Well, it goes to beer conventions, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sad. Okay. Uh, speaking of walking, Melissa, did you do any walking on, or kayaking while you were on your holiday? <laughs> no. How was, but how I was did. the Bahamas? Let me tell you. Okay, I stayed at the Atlantis. Um, which oh, is that's the, like an underwater city. It's insane. It is insane. But if you want to go anywhere, if you're sitting on the beach and you would like to go get a glass of water, it's going to take you 15 minutes to walk there in the baking, baking heat. So I walk. I mean, I walked like the whole week. <laughs> it was great. It was kind of because you know, just just walking around the, the the pool, you got sunburned. I am so I was so sunburned, but also so really really tan. Like I never get tan ever. Mm-hmm. But it was the the, the Caribbean sun just gives you that glow. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, but I went this one night. There was this one tree in between two islands, and if you look on my blog, it's at um, penbitten.com. You see this, the picture of this tree, and it was all the way out at the end of the property. It took me a half an hour to walk there. I just want—I just like had this burning desire to sit there at sunset. So I went. I got dinner and my book, and I sat there just with like the wind going. What were you reading? Just um, Ken Follett's Pillars of the Earth, the Oprah book awesome it's a big thousand of course i went into the bookstore to get something trashy i picked up a thousand page historical middle ages epic you know because that made any sense yeah um but um, i wanted something like light and completely non-edifying and of course what do i do i walk out with this brick of a book Um, but it was wonderful I, did, I couldn't resist it. It was a really beautiful book. Anyway, so I got my book and my, you know, my my salad for dinner, and I sat on the beach chair, and I watched the sunset, and I took pictures, and it was just everybody else was inside at the casino, at the you know, at the whatever, at the, um, the all their their dinner reservations. I didn't want any of that, and there, I was completely alone. It, and somebody said on the comments of my picture, uh, "What did you like buy the island?" Yeah. <laughs> I said no, but nobody else is interested in this spot. I couldn't understand it, and it was probably the best thing I did the whole time. That's awesome. awesome. So, it is a beautiful picture. Show. Look at that. Hey, like put that up. Her, her photo is just gorgeous. I, I told her immediately it's my wallpaper because I just love it. It's fabulous. <laughs> I have to send you the big one because I only put a certain size yeah. up on uh, Flickr. Yeah. You know, because they're my pictures. But, um, yeah, there's links on my on my blog to all to all the pictures. I just put up the rest too, so go take a look. Awesome. Please. So did you like go swim with dolphins or anything like you didn't 
I did swim with... <gasps> you did? You swam with a dolphin? I did. That's not fair. I went and I did the whole dolphin experience where you hug and kiss them, and they are so funny. The two dolphins, the one dolphin that we were supposed to spend our visit with was in love with the other dolphin. Aww. They said Aww. that the, the trainer said they wake up in the morning and they find them, they, they come there in the morning and they find them in a corner together all alone. Ooh. And when we, <laughs> okay, and when we were standing with this dolphin, the other one kept coming over and out of nowhere popping up just to like check on him and then leaving. <laughs> they, they, it's hilarious. They are so, so real. The dolphins. Oh my God. They're so real. They're so like, they, they, they have personalities. Oh, yes. You know? I've heard that, um, that they are actually one of the only other animals that actually use names for each other besides humans. Mm. I don't know how true that is because I heard this a long time ago when I was like in high school. But I guess that there have been studies or there were studies that certain like certain dolphins will re- respond to different echo signatures like specifically. So I don't know if that's true or how. Oh, that's probably true. They recognize like each other, like the one that was in, in love with the other one, his name was Wheaty, and he apparently was the alpha male, which means he was the oldest male in the group, and he gets any woman he wants. Wow. Any woman, any any female dolphin he wants. And this one was called Electra, and it was, he was all about her the time that, you know. Yeah. And so they're ho- they're hoping that in like a year they'll have a, they'll have a little baby. Aww. Aww. Yay. Yeah. Oh, baby dolphin. Do you know they're pregnant for a year? Ugh, that'd be wow, horrible. Wow, a year. A year. I'm gonna draw a baby dolphin. And it's amazing. You lay on this boogie board, and they come behind your foot, and they use their nose to push your foot across the entire lake. Wow! And you go so fast, and they're pushing you with their nose. That's amazing. So cool. That's, that must have yeah. been such an amazing, you know, just feeling and just, mm-hmm. you know, wow. That's so cool. It was relaxing. It was. It was. I didn't realize how badly I needed it until I got there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Nice. So it was nice. Yay! Yay for Melly. Mm-hmm. So cool. And no kayaking adventures, no pool men to the rescue. No. I did go parasailing. (gasps) You went parasailing? That freaks me out. I did every. No, you know, when I was seven, my father and my sister went parasailing and I didn't go with them and I regretted it ever since. So finally, 21 years later, I did it. I was like, I will overcome my fear. So did you That's feel awesome. like you were like playing Quidditch up there or flying on your broomstick when you were just. Did you imagine well, I, that? It was. It was wild. I had my camera. And the guy on the other passengers on the boat below were like, "You're bringing your camera? Are you sure? Are you sure?" I'm like, "Yeah, it'd be great." And I had I got beautiful pictures up there. Oh, so. awesome! It Very was worth cool. it. It was worth it. Yay! Sounds That's awesome. Cool. Sue, you and me at Comic Con, take it on the town. Okay, we're going. I can't. Comic Con. I am so excited, out of my mind. There is a awesome Mexican food restaurant down there that we'll have to go Don't to. Don't John. Don't tell John. And then like there's John. a Ghirardelli's ice cream shop. It's walking distance, and it's like old like school. Like the chocolate makers, yeah. Oh. But it's an ice cream bar, like it, like Sundays and the glass cups, and I mean it's hardcore. And then uh, usually there's a lady out front giving free samples of chocolate, the Ghirardelli chocolate squares. Mmm, chocolate. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Oh, but San Diego's so beautiful. That whole town is just fabulous. It is. Comic-Con's right down the street from the the downtown area, so everything's walking distance. Or you can take one of those little bicycle taxis, and it's a really nice little town. Oh, I can't wait. I have a friend who has a a penthouse down there, and sometimes we stay there at it, and it's awesome, and I feel like I'm in a fancy sitcom. (laughs) So awesome. That's it. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. Well, our, our panel is on the Sunday, and there's a day pass you can get or something. We'll post yes. about all this on Leaky soon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The panel's on the Sunday, and then and Sunday's I the think cheapest we'll be there from, too, like, Friday. So. It's 
Sunday's the cheapest day? Mm-hmm. How much ish do you think? I don't remember. Because I, 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 the last couple of years I registered as a professional, and so I've gotten a discounted rate. But the first time I went, I think it was 20 for the day, maybe 14. So it wasn't too. It, you know, it's, it's enough. Enough to feel, but nothing like. It's not absurd. But, and, but that's right, less than most but, but if people are interested yeah. um, to go to Sunday, go online now and buy a registration now because it sells out. Oh, yeah. Normally, Sundays didn't sell out, but the last two years, um, Sundays is sold out before Sundays happened. Yeah. Oh, so we should post about this soon. Yeah. yeah. Because um, the convention, it's getting it's gotten bigger and bigger every year. And now, for the last, like, five years, it's taken up the whole convention center. Yeah. So there's not really much room that they can expand to anymore to allow for more capacity. Right. It's just, it's that popular. I, I'm pretty sure, too, plus there's huge buzz, because I'm pretty sure that uh, Del Toro is going to talk about The Hobbit there. I think that's the last I've heard. So that will just be yeah. massive. So. Yeah. And when there's a November release of a film, there's usually something potted. Yes, there always is. So, and they'll, and you know, I think that I believe that I already, I thought I saw that Warner Brothers is on the schedule as their presentation for, I think they're on Saturday. So, but I'm not sure. But hey, maybe our friend Garth will be there. Garth, we love Garth. We love him. Garth is usually at Comic Con, you know. That would be great. That would be so cool. Love him. Dark Horizons, go there. It's a great website. Read it. Love it. Shameless plug. Okay. Sorry. I think it's time yes. we got out of here. I think so. Darkhorizons.net, yes. Okay. Everybody, keep twiddling those dials. Our next password will be Comic-Con. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good, Good night. night. We've missed it. Dobby is free. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs> this week's podcast was produced by the Pottercast Trio and Steve Bonnet. Thanks to our Scooby Five team, Aaron and Nina, and thanks, as always, to our awesome transcription elves for transcribing this and all our other episodes on Pottercast.com. For more information about the show and how to contact us and be a part of future episodes, visit Pottercast.com.